This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Very familiar passage. I've heard us preach on it a number of times. Prayerfully, hopefully, it will click with us today on what this truly means and what we can do as those who love the Lord. Ephesians 3, 20, verses 20 and 21. And it reads... Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Our subject this morning, God can if we will. Let's pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, we come humbly before you. As we reflect on the old rugged cross, that we can do the work you've called us to do and change it someday for, exchange it someday for a crown. Bless now, God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak through me and then to me that your will might be done as you minister to all of us. We will give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Preach Holy Ghost, preach. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God can if we will. Ephesians 3.20 again says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Uh, got a song here that says, We want to go back to the old school for a minute, hand clapping and toe tapping. We want to visit our friends over in Chicago, Sister Albertina Walker, Inez Andrews, the Barron sisters, Clay Evans, and Father Hayes, and the Cosmopolitan Church of Prayer. This choir sang this song. It says, Jesus can work it out. Jesus can work it out. Jesus can work it out. The verse goes, that problem that I had, I just couldn't seem to solve. I tried and I tried, but I kept getting deeper involved. So I turned it over to Jesus. And I stopped worrying about it. Turned it over to the Lord. He worked it out. The choir says, Jesus can work it out. If you let him. Jesus can work it out. Jesus can work it out. I say it. Jesus can work it out. Jesus can work it out. That pain that would not move, had me praying in the upper room, that burden that I bore, just wondering how much more. I turned it over to Jesus, and I stopped worrying about it. 
I turned it over to the Lord. He worked it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus can work it out if you let him. Jesus can work it out. I said Jesus can work it out. I know Jesus can work it out. That habit that I had, I had. I just couldn't seem to break, to break. I prayed and I prayed. Lord, don't let me be too late. So I turned it over to Jesus. And I stopped worrying about it. Turned it over to the Lord. Turned it over to Jesus. And I stopped worrying about it. I said, I stopped worrying about it. I said, I stopped worrying about it. Turned it over to the Lord. He worked it out. Oh, yeah! Now, this part, I just need you to say, Work it out. When I point to you, I need you to say, work it out. He can. He can work it out. He can work it out. Why are you trying to figure it out? He's already. How are you going to pay your rent? All your money spent. A little bit to buy some food. Baby needs a pair of shoes. Say you got a light bill due. And you got a gas bill too. Telephone disconnect. Waiting on my next paycheck. Tell you what I'm going to do. Tell you what I ought to do. Tell you what I ought to do. Tell you what I ought to do. He can work it out. He can work it out. He can work it out. Jesus can work it out. Now, the song goes on to talk about Abraham, who had a son. Isaac was the only one. Led him to a mountain high. Boy getting ready to die. Abraham said no word, but from heaven he heard. Abraham, Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. Didn't you see a ram? Didn't he, didn't he work it out? Didn't he, didn't he work it out? Didn't he, didn't he work it out? Job was sick so long. Come on. Flesh fell from his bone. Wife, cows, and children. Everything he had was gone. Wife came running to him. Devil all in her eyes. Curse your God and die. Job, Job looked at the woman. Looked up at the sky. Woman, you sound foolish. Don't sound like my wife. I don't have no doubt. God's going to work it out. God's going to work it out. God's going to work it out. I gave it over to the Lord. He worked it out. Now, he talked about Abraham and talked about Job. I want us to get this understanding as we are. In the Word of God, the Old Testament, we had God the Father who was the preeminent force. God the Father was in, in the dispensation of God the Father. So God directly dealt with his people. All right? Trying to get us to Paint that picture. So that's why he's talking to Abraham, talking to Job, directly doing with them. Then you get to the New Testament. In the Gospels, God the Son is the preeminent force. Yeah, Jesus is doing it. He's touching, he's anointing, he's healing. Jesus is all about Jesus in the, in the Gospels. He's the preeminent force. Everything's centered around Jesus. Jesus did the teaching. Jesus did the caring. Jesus did the sharing. Jesus did the loving. Jesus did the forgiving. Jesus did the healing. 
Yeah, Jesus was setting the example. Then from the Gospels on to the book of Revelations, from the Gospels, from Acts on to Revelation, God the Holy Spirit is the preeminent force. Yeah, and that's the dispensation we're living in now. But God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in charge. The Holy Spirit is leading. And the Holy Spirit does the teaching. The Holy Spirit does the caring. The Holy Spirit does the sharing. The Holy Spirit does the loving and the forgiving. Holy Spirit does the healing and the setting the example. So I know you asked me, then Pastor, the Holy Spirit doing all this. Where is the Holy Spirit? Where is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is in us. In you and in me. All right, let me, let me finish this song. I ain't finished the song yet because I, I want you to hear that dispensation. It goes, ooh, work it out. He can work it out. He can work it out. Work it out. He can work it out. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. Come on, work it out. Yes, he will. He can work it out. I believe he can. Yes, he will. Work it out. He can work it out. Why are you trying to figure it out? He's already worked it out. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, God will. Yes, God will. I know he will. Yes, he will. He can work it out. Ooh. Oh, come on, put your hands together. I read in God's word that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask for free. And whatever you're standing, and whatever you're standing in need of tonight, God can work it out. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yeah, yeah, yes, he will. I know God will. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. Yes, he will. He can work it out. Now, I'm repeating what this song says. Yes, God can work it out. Whatever it is. Yeah. How can he work it out? Because he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. God can do it. But he chooses to do it through us, his church. We are the body of Christ. We represent Christ. God can if we will. If we would what? If we would do his will. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all, but that all should reach repentance. It's God's will that none should perish. It's God's will that everybody will be saved. Now, I know there's some folk you hope will never get saved, and you hope will never end up in heaven with you. Yeah, but, but don't ever hope somebody don't make it to heaven with you because you don't have to worry about that. You won't be there. Not with that attitude. So God has allowed the Holy Spirit to live in us to help us to have the mind of Christ. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, 16 says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body... Joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so it builds itself up in love. That's why we're talking about our spiritual gifts, 
so we can use the gifts God has given us and everybody use what God has given you. No matter what your gift is, there's no such thing as a little teeny tiny gift and a great big old gift. A spiritual gift is a spiritual gift. And that's why we've been asking you to go online and fill out the uh, spiritual gift survey so we have that information and can share it with how we can quite possibly work together to get God's will done. He's given us a spiritual gift the Holy Spirit has who lives in us. And his will will be done. It's his will that none should perish. We need to understand this. We got to do the work. We have to do the work because we are his workmanship. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I want you to have all scripture so you say, Pastor ain't making this up. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen, when we're saved, we have at least one spiritual gift, and God has equipped us for the building of his kingdom. We are now ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, the first part of verse 20 says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal to us. Now, now y'all heard me say earlier, that's God's will that none should perish. So God is making his appeal to us that folk won't perish. God is making his appeal to us so folk won't perish, so they will come to know him. He, he chooses to use us to get to them. Yeah, yeah. God can, he can reach them if we will. If we what? If we represent Christ, we are his ambassadors. The word of God says, let your light shine. Matthew five sixteen says, in the same way. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works. That they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. God can transform our world. He could transform our nation. He could transform our state. He could transform our county. He could transform our city. He can transform our communities. He can transform our neighborhoods. He can transform our homes. He can transform our individual lives. If we let him. If we allow him to abide in us and do what he tells us to do. I know I got a lot of scripture this morning. I just want you to have a foundation. The gospel according to John chapter 15, verses 4 through 8 says, Abide in me, Jesus speaking. He says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples." Do you want God to move in our community? 
Do you want God? To, is there a need for God to move in our community? Do you want God to move? And I understand why you're a little slower to answer that because I done told you that God's going to use you. I, I got that. But do you want God to transform a community that needs transforming? Yeah. Do you want God to move in your own personal situation? He can if we will. If we will what? <laughs> Knowing God wants to transform this sin-sick world and cause others to come to know him, let's look at what we can do to become excellent in kingdom building. We build God's kingdom by growing God's kingdom, by edifying the body of Christ. To reach this vision, we're really on a mission. And the mission directs us on how to achieve the vision. All of us need to be working together that the unsaved will be saved. Amen. What a Sunday for this message. We baptized in January. We baptized in February. We baptized in March. We baptized in April. We baptized in May. We baptized in June. I'm sorry, we baptized twice in April. We baptized in May. We baptized in June. We baptized in July. We baptized in August. Pastor vacation. We baptized in August. Baptized in September. Baptized in October. Somebody said, no, somebody said November just started. Amen. We really need God to use us to make a difference all around us. We build God's kingdom by growing God's kingdom, edifying the body of Christ. To reach his vision, we have to do the mission. Well, here it is. I want you to take out what it is we have to do. I want you to get ready to write it down. Write, write it down. Put in your pen. Type it. Those online, I'm going to say it slow so you can type it. How is it? What is it that we're called to do? How will we do it? Take out your pad, your pencils, your pens. Get ready to type this in. Media, I want you to uh, get ready to put this on the screen and on social media. Um, what should we as his church be doing? Are, are, are you ready? iPhone notes, that's right. Everybody ready? What should we be doing? What should we be doing? Get ready. Everybody ready? Anybody need more time? Everybody ready? All right, take your time. Go right ahead. Get together. All right, pull a pen out. This is what we should be doing. Ready? All right. Seeking God. Shaping lives, serving the world. Amen. Amen. Sounds nice, doesn't it? But we need more instructions as to how to do this. How many hours are you willing, at a minimum, that you would spend working together with others who are saved? How much time are you willing to work with others, the body of Christ, in order to allow God to transform this community. How many hours a day would you commit to God and our congregation to work together in the community? How many hours? How many hours would you do it? I, well, let me just suggest something. 
Do you think it's unrealistic for us, each one of us, all of us, to commit seven hours a week that would put us in position to transform this world? I didn't say seven hours a day. Seven hours a week working together. Now, I, I know, you know, some folk don't like that word work. But when you see what the work is, you understand that it will help you and it will help others. So we're positioning ourselves to work seven, around seven hours a week as a church. And this is why we have to work together. I'm not talking about the work you do individually, how you do all kind of work and how you pray before the Lord from noon until midnight. I'm not, I'm not, no, that's you. That's you. That's, that's individual. And we need to do that. But I'm talking about working with others who love God, working with others who make up his church, working with the body of Christ and all of the parts doing this part, working together, which is, again, why we reached out to find out to help you know exactly what your spiritual gift or your spiritual gifts are so we can use that and work together. And listen, in this, there's no big eyes and little U's. We're all working together as one body in Christ. We all have to work together. Yeah. Yeah, we're one body. What part of your body you don't want? And I, I was going to say this for later, but Digga McDonald, come on up here. I need you to talk, tell me about that, that part of your body that was hurting him. And the rest of his body responded. I'm going to preach this, but you can preach it better than I can. <laughs> Good morning, church. I had an uh, accident, foot injury, uh, several weeks ago on my small toe, my pinky toe. It had a, a deep gash on it. And what I was telling pastor was that it's amazing how you realize a body part so small could impact your mobility. And um, understand that without that, you know, it's hard to walk. <laughs> So I was just telling Pastor um, about that situation and that, you know, even with our own spiritual gifts, you know, sometimes we might feel like our talents or our gifts might be too small or it's not that important or they'll be good without it. But without that one gift or your multiple gifts being used for the betterment of the church and God's kingdom, the body uh, doesn't function properly. So even with my foot injury that I had, I realized I couldn't function properly even though it was just one of the smallest parts of my body. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to take all of us to do God's work. And uh, that was my story to pastor. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hold on to it. You cut it off. Cut it off. Now, now that, that is significant because I can't tell you how many times it is that members of First African Baptist Church, other full part of the body of Christ, expect somebody else to do what God has gifted you to do. Because I, I, how many of you ever heard somebody say this? It, it, it doesn't matter what I say because they going to do what they want to do. Anybody ever heard that? They going to do what they want to do. Okay, if you hadn't raised your hand, you said it. Yeah, that's where we heard it from. All right? So what I'm trying to get us to understand is that we need every, when I'm talking today, I'm talking to all of us, every last one of us, and we've been gifted. We can kind of see what it is we're supposed to do. Now, but, well, your, your gift really on, only comes into play once you're saved. 
I always have to throw that in there. You know, you could go on that computer and it give you some stuff. It doesn't might come to you if you have not said, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I sinned. I'm sorry for my sins. I want to turn for my sins. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. Once you're saved, that Holy Spirit awakens the gift that's in you to do what God called you to do. So let me tell you, you, seven hours, seven hours a week is what we're going to ask you to do. First of all, uh, the first one is um, we're seeking God through worship. When we say seeking God, it's seeking God through worship. And we're asking us to worship together. So worship, and this is what I'm trying my best to commit to, and Minister Bowles is going to make sure I do it just this way. We're, We're committing worship to be in an hour and a half. Give us an hour and a half for worship. And then the other part of worship, and this comes from, from Acts chapter 2, you read that later, but the other part of worship is taking time to pray together. And we pray together every morning at 6.33. Now, I'm only asking for half an hour of prayer at 6.33. So that means you don't have to make every day. You should. But I'm not counting that as part of your seven hours. All right? Just make it some days at 6.33. Again, on a little earlier than that, but, but we pray at 6.33. Scripture and prayer at 6.33. All right? So that's, that's how, many, how long is that for worship? What I said? An hour and a half plus half an hour is what? Two hours. Okay. All right, good. Y'all get good with math now. Y'all, y'all keep up with the math for me. Two hours, all right? All right, the second is, um, and, we, and listen, when we say we're worshiping God, worship is just acknowledging who God is and whose we are. That's just taking time to say, Lord, I love you. I know you. I, I, I appreciate you. God, I know you. And taking time to focus on just who God is. That's what worship is all about. We grow in him. All right? Um, we worship God. Sundays. Sundays, 10 a.m. Prayer every morning at 6.30. 6.33. Two hours. Second, we're shaping lives through teaching. Shaping lives through teaching. Matthew 11, 29, 30 says, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my... For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Part of the hard time we have as Christians is we have not learned from Jesus. We make our way hard. He says, learn from me. Learn of me. Understand, take my yoke. Get yoked with me. Christ is saying, walk with me. Yeah, do what I'm asking you to do the way I'm asking you to do it. I know you always have a better idea. But, but, but he, Jesus said, try it and do it my way. Do it the way I tell you how to do it and see if it won't work out. So he says, learn of him. So when we talk about learning, we're, we're, taking, we're taking two hours we're, we're, um, uh, for learning. We're taking three. What are we doing? We have Sunday school, 9 a.m., Sunday morning. We have noon Bible study. Noon Bible study. And everybody can reach that because it's online. We'll be back in the building, but it's online right now. Noon Bible study. That's another hour. And then we have FAB Live. It's on Thursday, but it's not really a Thursday night live. It's FAB Live. Every Thursday at 6.30. That's a total of how many hours? That's three hours for teaching. Y'all keep up with this now. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to do this now. Three hours that we're committing to teaching. And teaching is so important to learn of him. Learn of him. Three hours. That's Noon Bible study, Thursday, FAB Live. Uh, at 6.30 on Thursday, um, and, by, and Sunday school. We can learn of him. We can learn of him. Three hours. So that's three hours in teaching. How many hours in worship? Two. That's five hours. How many hours does that leave? 
Last but not least, serving the world through missions and evangelism. Now that's where the rubber meets the road. That, that, that's what it's all about, is us being able to do it. And I can tell you for years, we, we knew what we were doing with worship, we knew what we were doing with teaching, but when it got to serving the world, we were kind of all over the place. We didn't have any specifics on how we're going to serve the world. What does that mean? How we, and how are we going to do it all together as a church family? How are we going to serve the world? We, the world is a big place. I get, I get it. I get it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That we're coming together on how to do that. <sighs> Our overall goal is that we want to reach in excellence. We want to be an excellent in kingdom building. Kingdom building is building the body of Christ. We're going to ask that you will give two hours to mission that leads to evangelism. Two hours a week. Okay. All right. I understand why it is that we, as a congregation, large we are, I understand why it is that we can't get folk baptized every first Sunday. I realize why that's a little difficult. Because all of us, all of our friends, and the folk that we claim as friends, all of them go to church. I didn't say they all were saved. I said they all go to church. And so we equate going to church and being saved, so we don't talk to them about having the Lord as their Savior. So how in the world can we be in a position to meet folk who may not know Jesus? And it was in Acts chapter 2 all the time when it says the first century church met needs. They met needs, and when they met needs, the Lord added to the church daily. They, they weren't trying to add. that they, they met needs and the Lord added. So I'm looking for us to begin to meet needs that a lot of times will be outside of our church. I, I know what somebody said. There he goes, spending all our money again. Hold on. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you how we're going to do this. And if you show up on Thursday night, at 6.30, you should be able to see this in action. We're going to use a spiritual gift that God has given every last one of us to partner with ministries of First African. And the ministries will partner with agencies, organizations, and other churches who are meeting the needs of others. T -t Together, we will transform this world by doing the work of ministry. Now, what I'm saying is, we will connect up, and I should have written all, this, all them down, but we should connect up. We'll connect up with like Habitat for Humanity, because we know housing is, is so horrible to find affordable housing. Habitat for Humanity to find out how we can assist them in building more houses. We'll connect up with United Way and 211 that, that is uh, reaching out to people who can't find a place to stay and need some help with Savannah Housing Authority and the Savannah Homeless Authority. We'll connect up with all of them to see how it is that we can be a part of the ministry to use some of the grant money that they have to put people in homes. It's all out there to do that. We'll partner with the West Wall Street YMCA and the Frank Callum Boys and Girls Club because we don't have to have a gym in order to get our exercise on and help young people. We could be around young people and families that are, may not know Christ, but they're going there for after school stuff. Um, even as we partner with the counselors in the school system, there's so many different areas we can partner with. The American Red Cross, who's going out for disaster, in a disaster of disaster. And you do know the fires that we have 
uh, in this community. They, that's a part of what the American Red Cross reach out and give folk money for food, give folk some place to stay, give folk money for clothes. That's a part of what we can do. Now, what I'm saying, when we partner with all of these organizations, we're not partnering with them and going to find the people who they got and take our biggest Bible and say, we're here because you need Jesus. You are not saved. The pastor told us to come here and save you. God going to kill everybody who's not saved. That's not what we're doing, y'all. That's not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. No, no, no. We're going to meet needs so the Lord can add to his church. Y'all heard that? We're going to use our spiritual gifts, partner with all of these organizations, agencies, and churches <laughs> to meet needs that need to be met throughout the community form relationship with people, and at some point they may ask you, well, why are you, why you, why you helping me like that? What, 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 what's in you that got you doing this in the midst of everything I'm going through? Why are you here at Safe Shelter talking to me and I've been abused and, 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 and hurt? How are you here spending time with me? Please don't say, because I'm so smart. Please don't say, because I'm so gifted. Please let your light shine that others might see your good works and give God glory. It's all because of him. We represent Christ everywhere we go. Now, I'm just going to ask you. I'm done. I'm just going to ask you. Who am I talking to? All right, somebody didn't ask. Somebody didn't answer that. Who am I talking to? Everybody. Well, Pastor, you know, I, I ain't got much time. But let me tell you, I'm ending with why we're doing this. Somebody may say, well, I don't know why we got to do that. <laughs> One day, we all going to have the final judgment. And at a home-going celebration, there's nothing better for me to be able to call it a home-going celebration. Now, I'm not going to do it like Pastor Matthew Southall Brown Sr. told me that he, he, he did it. I know it might be in his later days he did it. He said, Pastor, if I knew they were going to heaven, I wore a red tie. If I had on something else, you know what that means. <laughs> If I was going to do that, I would love to wear a red tie for every last one of you. You understand what I'm saying? I, I would love to do that because of the work that you have done. We do have a profession of faith, but we got to do work. Well, Pastor, how you saying doing this work means that that means we're saved. I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 25, beginning with verse 31. They name, they name it the final judgment. But it says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him... Then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, how do they get this? How do they get in heaven? How do they get in what, what God has uh, for them? From the foundation of the world, but they haven't inherited it. He said this, for I was hungry, 
and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous said, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, time out, Lord. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I don't remember that. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick and in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them and say, truly I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of these, you've done it also unto me. Look at all the things that we have different organizations and agencies and churches doing throughout our community. We could partner with them and be a partner to help these things get done. But I wish I could just stop right there. But there's another group. That's what all the nations gather. Those on the left. I'm still in the word. Matthew 25, verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire. Eternal fire. That, that means you burn and keep on burning. Eternal fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. What will put us in a position to end up cursed and thrown into the eternal fire that was prepared for the devil. And he said, he explained it. He said, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty. You gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Now you know what that crowd said. Whoa! Wait a minute. Time out. No! Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. No. 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 If we would have seen you, we would have gave you some collard greens. If we known it was you, we would have had you a sweet potato pie. No, I said, no, 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 no. When do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment. But the righteous into eternal life. <sighs> Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think Anything you think about that need fixing, God can fix it. But he wants to use us. You might need help in one way, but you can also help somebody else in another way. None of us are receiving everything. I just fit, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. God has so positioned us once we're saved that we can help others. And that's what he's calling us to do. My prayer today is, is that we make up our minds, make up our hearts. We're going to do it God's way. We're going to trust him with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding.
In all our ways, we will acknowledge him. And do you know how God can do this and why he would do it for you and for me? I know some people say, Pastor, I'm not that holy. You know, I mess up. You know, I'm not walking that straight line. You know, I can come to church on Sunday and I look good, but I got a lot of issues going on. God knows. And if you've come to ask him to be your Lord and Savior, he's working in you to help someone else that his will could be done. How do I know that he wants you to work for him and to work with him and to work with all of us? That's why he came through 42 generations. That's why he went about doing good. He didn't do it so the righteous people can make it to heaven. Jesus said he, he'd come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He told him, he told the religious leaders there, he said, be careful. If the prostitutes and the Republicans, I mean, and the publicans, he, he said, be careful if they don't make it in before you. Be careful how you're looking at that you think they won't make it into heaven. He's telling us that Everything we got going on with us, he knows, and he loves us, and he wants to transform us. So what did he do? He came through 42 generations, went about doing good out of all the good he did. Folk talked about him, ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. Folk will talk about you. You're in good company. Lied on him. Put him in jail. Accused them, took them from judgment hall to judgment hall. Found them guilty after they said, I find no fault in him. Took them up to Golgotha's hill. Put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, with a crown of thorns on his head. He hung on the cross and died for all of your sins. He hung on the cross and died for all of my sins. But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday, stayed there all day Saturday, all night Saturday. But early! On that Sunday morning, he got up from the grave with power, power over the grave, victory over death. Now, I know somebody saying, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't know enough to tell people how to be saved. Tell them he died. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died. But after you tell them he died, make sure you tell them that early on that Sunday morning, he got up with all power. He ascended into heaven, sent back the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that lives in us. It's the Holy Spirit to tell you it's time to pray. It's the Holy Spirit to tell you it's time to go to Bible study. It's the Holy Spirit to tell you it's time to do some work. It's the Holy Spirit that'll tell you work with this organization, work with this church, work with this. It's the Holy Spirit that will lead us on. He's brought us from over 246 years to God. Be the glory. He brought us. What a mighty God. Down through the years. The Lord's been good to us. We ought to tell the Lord, thank you. And if there's anybody today who's not saved, Anybody today who's saying, I want to be a part of that. 
I give seven hours, a minimum. I give a minimum of seven hours a week with others of First African Baptist Church and any other organizations, agencies, and churches. I'm willing to do that. Come to know Christ first. We are Christ disciples before we're members of First African. It's about Jesus. It's about his work. It's about his will. If you want to be saved on today, there's a prayer we pray together. If you want to accept him as your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer to accept him into your life and allow God to guide you and direct you. Pray with me if you need the Lord in your life. If you're not saved, say, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're online, go ahead and uh, type in um, saved. Type it into what you see online. If you're in this building, we invite you to come forward. Give us your hand. As you've already given God your heart, won't you come? Let us leave giving God all the praise, all the glory. If you have not voted, please vote on Tuesday. If you have not voted, please vote on Tuesday. I'm making a notation on today. Brother Rossiter, please stand. He is still in worship. I'm going to say that. He didn't say anything, and he is still in worship. He could have gone to 10 other churches because this is just before the election. He could have waved at us. I mentioned his name, and he out the door. He's still in worship. That's all I'm saying about that. <laughs> Don't forget, downstairs is um, our new members. And uh, please take time to come down to fellowship and share a reception for all our new members. God bless you. Let us pray. God, we thank you. We love you. We adore you. Thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our hearts have felt. Thank you for being God all by yourself. Thank you for your blood. Oh, the powerful blood that washes away all sins. Help us now, God, to go forth and live for you, doing the things you'd have us to do as one body in Christ. And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest rule in the Bible that's now henceforth and forevermore. Let the people of God say amen, amen. and praise God. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.